welcome to the Den of Debauchery. you wanted to flip the script and you wanted to interview us so well yeah so i wanted to talk to you guys um because you know i i previously had a, had a very very brief podcast with a with a friend of mine years ago a long time ago mm-hmm. um well i was on one episode still, where the well it was the podcast was still quite new yeah and now every fucking joe has one yep um so to speak yeah but, you think i didn't notice you were Throwing that venom at us just now? What venom? Now fucking everybody's fucking going, everyone. Every fucking retard has a fucking podcast. God, now. Well, he's just throwing the, the thing word is, around the, like Well, the podcasts, uh, podcasts in general now are, are at least getting more specific to... You've you got your gaming podcasts, and you've got your business podcasts, and you've got the... you know It's a good way to get information out. Besides, and you've got your debaucherous podcast. Be, ah. <laughs> it's a good way to get information out. On demand, which is what our generation is doing, is doing a lot more on demand stuff because I'm not tuning into a radio station every morning at 8 a.m. to listen to the fucking Buzz and the fucking other guy and fucking in the morning. Yeah, ping, zang, boom. Yeah. Fart noises. Welcome to Zabadoo and the Cricket. Right. You had things like on the the radio, you had, you know. all kinds of different people, Bob and Tom, Man Cow, uh, Howard Stern. Those were things in in previous generations, and uh, it's always one normal name and one like off the wall name. Like, welcome to James and the Jupacabra. <laughs> yeah, um, they were getting stale, so people have been able to turn it around and, and do podcasts now. So a lot of what we listen to are comedy podcasts. Yeah, you that's know. like only. So thing I want to know your mom's know. house, Joe Rogan, Burt Kreischer, fucking Theo Vaughn. Uh, I I listen to all of those that you mentioned. I listen to uh, Congratulations, Crystalia. Yep. Um, God, I know I'm missing one because I just thought about it. I listen to Andrew Santino's. I love Whiskey Ginger. It's yep. fucking great. It's very one. good. So, um, what uh, what really inspired you guys to do a podcast? And with that. You know what? You guys are both considered doing open mics. Yale has done one. Mm-hmm. You guys have written jokes and stuff like that. What's been your? What would you say would be sort of your inspiration or your sort of your turning point to decide that you wanted to do something with your ideas and and put them at least record them, if not, you know, start to do maybe some stand up. Just now, recently, I actually um, came across. You know, I've been going to my niece's. Uh, you know. Eighth grade graduation and elementary graduation, and when I was sitting there, I remembered that at my eighth grade graduation, when uh, you know they ask you like, "Where do you see yourself in ten years?" and I remembered that I had said, "I see myself as a popular stand-up comedian with his own show on Comedy Central," and this was in the midst of uh, Chappelle's show. And I had completely forgotten about that until I went to my nieces and I was like, oh yeah, like that was my fucking dream. But long before that, I had started considering doing it. I've always been, you know, I mean, hell, since I moved into college, I've been focusing on a career in 
you know, the FBI, the military, fucking government contracting, like, all that types of stuff that's, like, you know, super white-collar, important, show up, catch bad guys, all that type of shit. And at the end of the day, it just, it wasn't exactly what I felt like doing. It felt like a good thing. I wanted to do something that was important, that was meaningful, and that's why I was falling into that. Like, I wanted to do something that helped people, but it wasn't my passion and I remember I had written jokes when I was in high school like for like a week or two and then thrown it away and like never thought about it the first thing that got me to actually sit down and write jokes obviously Chappelle show was a huge influence and made me start thinking about it and that's why I said what I said during eighth grade graduation but the first thing, which uh, this was in 2016, I was in Kuwait and I started, you know, just YouTubing to try and find some fucking entertainment in the little bit of time that I had during the day. And I came across The Green Room with Paul Provenza. And if I'm, I... I watched those too. Dude. Yeah. It was so fucking great. They had so many top tier fucking comedians. You're talking about Paul Mooney, Jim Jeffries... Fucking uh, Drew Carey, um, Doug Stanhope, um, fucking just, the king just of fucking uh, one-liners and dirty jokes. Please fucking help me. Le- David Tell, uh, he was on there. The episode with him and Doug Stanhope together was fucking great. Ray Romano, fucking uh, Jesus, I could fucking go on and yeah. on. Roseanne Barr, like. Joe Rogan, fucking, like, everybody. I was watching those, and I started writing. I started writing down jokes. I found a piece of paper, and I started fucking writing down jokes. And I just watched that shit, and I was like, they are fucking living the life. Like, it was a glimpse behind the curtain of, like, what they're actually like. Like, this is what comedians do when they're just sitting there and hanging out. And it was, it fucking sent me back, and I was just like, wow. So that was the first time that I started writing jokes. And to be completely honest with how it actually started progressing forward to where I actually got on stage once so far, and I am looking to go on stage, I think, next weekend, hopefully, um, it was Derek Stock. He finally, he hit me up when I got back, and he wanted to start doing it. He It was his idea to do the fucking podcast, because we have been watching these podcasts for the last, you know, year or two years. Yeah, we talk about it. Pretty hey, consistently. Did you see the last Your Mom's House? Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, all these people that we just mentioned, like, they're a huge fucking inspiration. And we were just like, you know what? Like, fuck it. I was holding back forever. Like, literally the only thing that was holding me back for, like, the last two years was the fact that I was still considering having government agency jobs. Where I'm like, eh, if they hear any of the shit that I'm talking about, I was like, because I can't go on there and fucking censor myself. It won't be me. It won't be authentic. So if I go on there and just fucking... You know, try to censor myself and be PG-13. Like, it's not going to be right. It's not going to feel right. So, eventually I got to the point where I said, fuck it. I'm going to actually chase this. I'm going to actually go after this. <clears throat> so, that's that's my that's my story of why I'm doing this. Uh, for me, for me it, was, uh, it was a little bit of that. A little bit of... Uh, the, mainly, your mom's house, quite honestly. I love the fact that they were silly. They could be silly, you know, because you personally, Kevin, uh, got me into like Joe Rogan's podcast. 
And his yeah. can get silly at, at, at one point, at some points, depending on who he's got on. Depends and, on the guest, yeah. But he's very serious a lot of the times. So he, he gets legitimate interviews, like interviews that most people kill to have. They go on Joe Rogan. That, that to me, is extremely interesting because the people he has are very interesting. But it wasn't necessarily what got me to it. And then we got... I would watch your mom's house and they were pulling up. Eventually I would love to get to where we were pulling up videos and, and going over them funny videos and stuff like that. That would be nice. But, um, then him and, uh, Tom Segura and Christina Pajinski, his wife, they, they do your mom's house together. They just, at one point they were talking about podcasting and they're just like, look, if you have an idea, if you want to do it, just fucking do it. Like, what there's no point in stopping just go and do it and i'm just like you know they were very positive with everyone they want everyone to go do it and then um shortly after that christina Przinski decided like i'm going to be on instagram i'm going to do an instagram live and uh she's doing an instagram live and people at one point you can you can ask to be a part of their live video i don't do you know anything about this no i don't so it's pretty much like while she's live, it's actually it's legitimately going on right then, uh, because like I said, it's right, live. I understand. Yeah, so understand people can say, so people can invite Christina to allow. Christina would allow them to be a part of her live stream, mm-hmm. and she did that. She picked a girl because that's safe. She's not gonna show a dick girl to everyone. Power. Well, she's not gonna. You know, guys gonna have a dick or do something stupid. So she went with a girl because they're <laughs> sensible. I mean, that makes sense, yeah. Well, and then it just so happened that it was a couple uh, that started the podcast because of, same thing, because of your mom's house, because of Tom and Christine, and they're like, you know, you guys are a great couple, we love it, and she was, once again, that's awesome, I encourage you to do it, you know, she's like, tag your podcast in this and everything, so it's pretty much just, I think your mom's house was the biggest for me. That was your biggest inspiration to do it. It was, for sure. That and Burt. And Burt Kreischer's. I was really into Burt Cast. Still am. I still love Burt Cast, but um, he, he was another one where he was. He's very inspirational, saying, "Just do it. It's the greatest thing ever." And then everyone was talking about how amazing comedy, the the career of comedy, is. Do I think I'm going to become any of the people we have mentioned? No. But do I want to go up there and make people laugh at least a few times in my life? Sure. So I think you certainly have a knack for making people laugh at you. (laughs) I mean, just a dad joke coming out of him. I know you can't you can't wait for it. Awful. Yeah. So you know, really, is it? You have to set the right expectation in terms of what you're going to do, and and think about this too. Like, I've been listening to your mom's house podcast since uh, about eight years ago, and it's only recently really become popular. Yeah, so within the last like two years, it's mm-hmm. it's it's incredible in any kind of entertainment. The length of time that has to go into it, the amount of work, and the length of the in the length of time that has to go into it before fame really hits. You know, there's so many people that you think of them as overnight successes, but they're old when you meet. When no, you meet they've them. been grinding it out, mm-hmm. especially with stand up. They've just been go, fucking. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so many yeah. of them lose money on fucking gigs. Like, yeah, they're getting paid three hundred bucks to do this, but.
but they have to buy a $250 plane ticket and pay for their own fucking hotel and then pay for the plane ticket back. Like, they go fucking broke in the first five to ten fucking years. Straight up. And whether it's a musician or a comedian or somebody that paints fucking paintings with oil paint, you know, it's it's these years that, that occur... Which is pretty much a useless talent with the invention of the camera. <laughs> I guess so. Um, I mean, you know, it just kind of depends on what they're painting, I think. Like, what do you want to see? And I'm like, well, I'd like to see, you know, lily pads on a pond. And like, okay, I'll go fucking take a picture of it. I don't if, need to paint it's it. It's like, wait, I got a wallpaper like that. Let's fucking bring that up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that comes on every fucking Dell laptop. One of your options for a right. background it's is fucking, a fucking it's <laughs> lily pads on a fucking pond. It's 4K. I mean, it doesn't get any Yes, better. but I hand painted this. And I was like, yeah, and it doesn't look like the real thing. It right. almost looks like the real thing. But still, there are people that want to do that. And they, no, I will and not pay $400 for it in a coffee shop. Right. But some will do it. Some will. Some will fucking pay that money. That's and there insane. are artists that are going to grind insane. it out and hone their skills and, and finally make that, uh, make that break. So in the meantime, it's been my experience that... You know, setting your expectation to whether you want to make it or not. Ideally, the the idea is to have a good time in the process. Yeah. Because if you have an opportunity that presents itself, all the better. But if you're enjoying what you're doing in the meantime and you're really making something happen, you know, set some small goals, I guess. But, uh, you know, the, and those would be little things that you guys achieve and, and do that and really have a good time in, in the meantime. Yeah, I've been really aggressively uh, in the last week pursuing open mics, and there is an open mic in Finley and uh, hmm. at a coffee shop. Yeah. And they oh, they yeah. said that they are, and I said, hey, uh, based on your website, it says it's only musicians. Do you do comedians? Can we sneak in there? And she said, yes, but keep in mind there are children in the audience. And then I was making a joke, being like, oh, so should I say adult humor is unwelcome? Ha, ha, ha. And she just said, yes. I was like, Okay, so that's we should, a no. I was told, like, go in there and say one, just, like, have a real we'll quick, talk. hard joke and get kicked off. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk. You know off. what? We should do that. Yeah. We'll Fuck talk. It. Just we'll talk off the podcast. I mean, like, we've this. developed, uh, my friend and I have developed, two, uh, each developed our own completely clean sets and then just go right into the dirtiest thing and see how long we can stay up there on the stage before we are asked to leave. <laughs> like, this, girl was li- this girl was licking my asshole the other night. This kid knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, this little 12-year-old boy. Is- well, when I fucking, I did it at fucking Lima, and uh, I went up there, I had my set planned out, you know, it's the first time, I've worked on it for fucking days, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. I walk in there, and there are children. There are children everywhere, and a bunch of people that are minimum of 60 years old. And my first thought is, oh my god, I can't do any of the jokes that I've planned. And I start fucking sweating. And also, I had been sunburned, and also, I had chugged coffee because I got there early, and I drank two cups of fucking coffee while I was sitting there. So I am now geeked out on caffeine, sunburnt as fuck, and now having to come up with a new plan because I, I feel like I can't do any of the same fucking jokes. And then I walk up to the girl that's fucking running uh. it. Her name's Amy. And I said, hey. And I was like, how do we feel like about adult humor? And she's like, well, you know, there are kids in the audience, so you might want to gear it you know, towards your audience. And she goes, how bad were you thinking about it? I was like, and I basically was just like, well, I was talking about telling several jokes that involved, you know, my uh, 
this general region, McCrotchel region. And her words were, oh, dick jokes are always funny. And this woman's like 60. And she looks like you're fucking... Uh, <laughs> she looks like fucking, she is in a coffee shop. Your Sunday school teacher. Like, that's what she looks like. And I was just like, all right, we're fucking going in. <laughs> I went to a Catholic school, so I got to skip Sunday school. Oh, look at you. I uh, I didn't skip Jesus. No. I just skipped Sunday school. No. <laughs> <laughs> So I didn't I didn't find out till I was an adult. Like you know how like your memories are all fucked from the time you're a kid, like you remember things a certain way and then people that were adults were like, No, that's not how it happened at all. Sort of. I I, f- I find that adults have a tendency to uh um exaggerate. Or in your case, disappear completely. <laughs> It never really appeared. Never really. He was appeared. never there. Yeah, there was no. Was there. it just like? Was it a one night stand? Like what was? Oh my god! You want to get into this? It was. It was odd because oh his, his dad clearly isn't even black. Yeah. But he went to get milk and never came back. <gasps> it was it's crazy. He went to go get a pack of cigarettes. No, the thing is, my my. <laughs> the, that's the thing about it is that you know our mother was. We are fighting against gen- a fucking racial stereotypes here. White dads my, bail on their children too. My, my mother was with a steady guy. And uh, it like uh, like our friend Caleb recently was somehow shooting somebody else's load. I don't I don't we don't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just somebody else's load came out DNA test. He's like, I'm not the dad. What the fuck? It was a joke. I'm kidding completely. I, I was yeah. I was I was calling it back too. I was about to dude <laughs> dude I was about to freak the fuck out. I was like, wait, is it has have we been thinking one no, person I, was the villain all along my, my, when really the M Night Shyamalan twist is all along the villain was really <laughs> No, my uh, you know, so many so many girls get pregnant in high school and our mother was one of those that got pregnant in high school and she didn't kill me. Yeah, that see you know that's the I most mean? impressive part. Like you're yeah. so easy back then too. Dude, your yeah. existence is one hundred percent attributed yeah. to fucking the negative and stigma that would Catholics. come with. Yeah, and there's so much about it too because it's like you might, you know, really technically my destination, like my my existence was was is, is like destination stomach. Yep, that's where you yeah. should have ended I up. I should have yeah. ended up there. Uh, by the way, my favorite insult or, that's ever been uttered is when you tell somebody the best part of you ran down your mom's thigh or something like that. I fucking oh, it's so brutal. Yeah, that's what I mean. So. You know, I, you know, I could have, I could not have existed. I could have been given to another family, maybe one with more money. That would have been nice. That would have yeah. been. <laughs> but no, I, you know, so she had me, and and really was kind of single mother. But I was fortunate enough to uh, have been born to you know my grandparents in my grandparents' home, and um, you know, living with my uncle the entire time that I lived in, in Michigan. And so I, there was no loss of anything, really. It wasn't like, I don't know what a dad's all about. I had my grandfather, my uncle there. I had my mother and my grandmother there. I was like, I, everything was everything was absolutely normal to me. Yeah. I went, you know, I did all the things that a kid would do and then some. I, there was always somebody there to watch me. There was I was able to go fishing and, and learn how to play baseball and hit a baseball and throw a baseball and all of those things i he did a lot of things with baseballs i did yeah a lot of baseball. it was all about balls from a young age <laughs> i listened to a ton of music ridiculous oh, amounts yeah. of music uh listen to iron maiden listen to madonna listen to so many different things so many different mixes of of different music fleetwood mac heart um just just different stuff at a, such an early early age singing right. these songs knowing these songs 
listening to stand up comedy, starting with Richard Pryor. Now, when I was super young, I couldn't listen to I couldn't listen to too much Richard Pryor, but um, you know Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, George Carlin. I remember crying, laughing when I heard his bit about shooting his fucking engine block. When he was talking oh, about like yeah. his wife was going to leave, and, and he comes out with a forty-four magnum and shoots the engine block of his car, and then talks about like the police start showing up, and he his fucking line is, "And I leave because they don't shoot cars, they, they shoot, shoot niggars," and fucking crying, fucking laughing, and I just think it's so beautiful that even with a super racially charged word that. A dude that's no longer with us can make a fucking twelve-year-old white boy cry laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there was so much of this that happened um, that you know it wasn't like it was kind of weird actually when my mom started dating our dad to me. So I was like, I didn't know what to call him or what was going on necessarily, and then it was talked about that we were going to be moving, and I didn't really know what that meant too much and then we moved and I realized that we were considerably far away from the family that I was used to right. that was about that was about the biggest shocker for me but yeah I mean it's talking about my origin story just probably mostly because you didn't realize that Derek and Jordan are technically half brothers yeah which one glance I should have obviously realized it <laughs> bald ginger versus two full head of hair I am not Lebanese looking motherfuckers my beard is red yeah that's Listen, yeah when he had hair it was filthy, black. disgusting ginger all right and stop pretending I'm like you're fucking, normal I'm gonna pull I don't my care how much down. you dyed that beard I'm I don't pull care my pants how much down and show him my I'm fucking a, bush all right I don't care how much fucking dye you put in that beard you're a filthy ginger all right yeah mm-hmm. no, I know I do have ginger in me unfortunately yeah. there's no doubt about that so speaking about you know you can go from red beard to captain blackbeard but we all know what you really are thank you so thinking about uh, these kinds of things from, from the aspect of uh, l- listening to comedy early and, and that kind of stuff, what were, obviously you talked about prior and, and things like that. Um, yeah, I listened to that stuff, but some of the early stuff for me in, ter- in terms of our generation of comedians were things like Mitch Hedberg. Yes, incredible. Pa- uh, Pablo Francisco, if you guys are yep. familiar with Pablo yeah, Francisco yeah, yeah, yeah. at all. So there was a resurgence when, you know, I was in my early adulthood. Obviously, I listened to Pryor and Murphy and um, Carlin and... Tough uh, Crowd with Colin Quinn. And Rodney Dangerfield. Mm -hmm. Was a fucking huge one. Yeah. And so Colin Quinn and stuff like that. And, you know, you got like Dennis Leary and that kind of thing. And and we were... But so sort of in our parents' generation, we had Colin Quinn and Dennis Leary and Jerry Seinfeld and um, those kinds of comedians and... Yeah, maybe even Rodney Dangerfield a little bit in that. But oh yeah, because I older. was raised on like you know shit like Caddyshack and uh, what was it the the Graduate or whatever it was. Um, um yeah, so yeah, he had those. I don't know. Uh, it was him and the dude that played the villain from Christine, the guy that you know the movie Christine where yeah. he fucking drove the car. Mm-hmm. That dude was in the college whatever it was with Rodney Dangerfield. Right. So Caddyshack was a fucking huge one. It was a huge one. Obviously. And it was not just his movies. His stand-up was, was unreal. And he had Dangerfields. But so then there's a, there a couple of things that happened that I think were sort of really, that really spawned our generation that were not, that maybe, I mean, this was even prior to, uh, to Hedberg and stuff like that. But a guy called Bill Hicks, if you're familiar yeah. with him. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, all listened... the major comedians today call back to him for inspiration and the fucking what he did. So when I was 18 years old, I got a couple of Bill, Hick, Bill Hicks albums. And I thought to myself, this isn't the comedy that we've been listening to. This isn't the comedy of our grandparents or our parents. This is something completely different. This is a new generation. This is new. This is this is what we need to be listening to. And moving forward, listening it's to It's a new people, perspective. It's, it's a new perspective. It's edgy. It's completely his own. And it's angry. You can't attribute... It's, it's angry like yeah, Carlin. Yeah. It's angry like Carlin, but it's even more raw. And then, I, then listening to Pablo Francisco and Mitch Hedberg, which was still kind of clean comedy, but like one-liners and shit... But then listening to um, Pablo Francisco started to gear more towards like sound effects and the voices and impressions. He did, and, and it was still it was fun to listen to. It was still, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm not I'm not knocking it in yeah. any sense. Yeah, definitely. But then Stanhope, uh, yes, that Stanhope and Rogan were on the first Man Show before Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel. They're fucking. Soft. They had their moms review porn. Yeah, their both of their moms watched porn and reviewed Adam, it. Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel's Man Show was was softcore compared to to Rogan and Stanhope's. It was Diet Coke versus a shot of Jaeger. Like it was very it really different. was. <laughs> so it, there were there were things happening, and it was you know. I wasn't all that impressed ever with Dennis Leary and stuff like that. I really wasn't. The Remember Louis, Con- Louis C.K. talked shit about Dennis Leary? Oh, yeah. I, about yeah, his fucking yeah, yeah. joke. He stole us. Louis C.K., the, the jerking comedian, as he will forever be fucking known as, which to this day, <laughs> unless somebody tells me fucking something different and some new evidence, he asked for permission, got permission, and then did what he did, and everybody can go fuck themselves that isn't okay with it. Because if he... if I've never asked for permission. I've always read the situation. Right. And Andrew Schultz. Do you guys know Andrew Schultz? Comedian? Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I fucking love Andrew Schultz. He is, he is hilarious. He is doing his own thing on YouTube because Netflix won't give him a thing, even though he is one of, in my opinion, one of the best fucking comedians working today. He flat out fucking said that he had talked to women that were friends with some of the girls that uh, accused Louis C.K. and all of that shit, and that they were laughing about it. And that they, it was straight up a fucking... Well, let's be honest. It, Louis C.K. didn't get convicted of anything. He didn't no, do anything No, he didn't illegal. do anything. They came out in the fucking social media. Well, I think it's... The yeah, fucking social justice warrior it's, mob it, yeah, came it's clear, out. It's clear, obviously, that he really didn't do anything technically illegal. No. He just got kind of the shaft... <laughs> So what, to speak. Their main with, argument hinges on the fact that he was famous and had a position of power yeah. while he was doing this. And this was fucking 10 years ago. FX Before wa- everybody knew who Louie was. I think FX wanted an excuse to fucking can the fucking show anyway. Why? It was I, the only show on FX that I gave half a shit about. I don't, maybe I, maybe that was the case. I mean, maybe they were like, well, we're, we got the Mayans coming up. Uh, the <laughs> spinoff of fucking Sons of Anarchy. That'll, oh, that'll yeah. keep us afloat. <laughs> I, yeah, that's I my can't favorite show. On, I don't know if you knew that. The Mayans is my favorite right, show. Exactly. I can't speak on well the reasoning behind it, but it seemed like they were quick to do it. It's like it's not unlike Roseanne getting shit canned from her own show. Yeah, um, with her for, fucking she the reason she got shit canned was a racist in quotes tweet about a person that she didn't know was a different race. 
Mm-hmm. It was she made a joke about her being like like a monkey or yeah. something like that, and uh, she had no idea that she was black because she's so light skinned, and that's how she lost her fucking job. And you know what? Fuck everybody else for just trying to continue with the show called The Connors. Fuck everybody. I'm else. really I'm not happy with John Goodman on. on yeah, on I love John Goodman up until this very moment. Everything he's ever done, I've been a fan of. I, and I then, mean, I've watched a lot of it. Did you watch Flight with Denzel? No, I didn't see that one. Dude. Okay, so John Goodman is Denzel's Coke dealer. <laughs> Dude. So uh, the movie Flight is a the type of movie where you would never, ever fucking watch it if it didn't star Denzel Washington. But because it stars Denzel Washington, you're like, this obviously has to be good because an incredible actor like that would never sign on if it wasn't. So he um, lands a fucking plane in a crazy way. He has to fly upside down because of the mechanical malfunction in order to save the plane. So for a portion of time, he has to fly upside down in order to save the plane. And then he does it, but then there's an investigation because they found alcohol bottles in the cockpit. And the whole time he's fucking, like, lying, 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 saying it was the girl that he was fucking at the time, who was a uh, flight attendant, is saying it was her that was drunk. And then at the very end, he finally admits, like, no, I was drunk. I was drunk on the flight. I'm drunk right now. In the hearing in front of everybody. And in the he gets shit-faced the night before, like, the final time that he has to fucking testify and in order to be able to testify he needs coke because i don't know how much you guys know about drugs and i've never done coke but i've been drunk as shit and i've seen people be drunk as shit and then fucking do coke it brings you back to life if you are shit-faced pissing your pants can't fucking talk to anybody and you snort a little bit of coke that motherfucker comes back online like he's stone cold fucking sober. I've never seen anything like it. We could talk bad about drugs all day, but that shit is magical. That shit is not. Fucking you gotta real. find the right combination, I guess. Dude, I've never. I watched a dude. I watched him pass out. I watched him piss his pants. I watched him throw up while he's unconscious, which means he needs to be on his side so he doesn't fucking choke to death. For whatever reason, he and I separated, and then three hours later, I saw him, and he was talking like normal. And I was like, dude, I was like, are you fucking okay? Like, I saw you fucking pass out. He's like, oh, yeah, no, dude, I did a little bit of coke, and I'm fine. For whatever reason, I was like, you know, being shit-faced and driving is illegal. Doing coke is illegal. But I feel like if you do a shit ton of coke... After you get shit-faced, I feel like that cancels out, and you should be totally fine, and nobody should judge you. I've also never done coke, but I think that if John Goodman gave me coke, that I might do it. I don't know. I don't know. I've never been put in that Any position. celebrity that I love and respect, <laughs> if they offered me anything, they'd <laughs> be like, heroin? Okay, Mitch Hedberg. Like, yeah, we'll do a little <laughs> bit of heroin. So let's think about... Let's think about... So to go back to you know you, you, and you got to think too like you know Roseanne Tim Taylor Tim the Toolman Taylor Tim Allen who um, back in the 70s was arrested coke, for yep. being a fucking coke dealer and the only reason he has a career is cuz he ratted he ratted yeah, whatever never forget that I, I Tim won't. Allen I'm not that impressed with him I was ratted I I was and so let me get to my point Home Improvement was a great show <clears throat> 
it was we a, cannot it take was that a great away. it was a great show for when it came out and stuff like that's fine not Those, for when it came out it was yes, a great show period i mean have you tried to rewatch it yeah i love is it is it hitting home yeah i love it really it was hitting home dot 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 improvement <laughs> so <laughs> and that's fine but what i'm saying is uh you know we had stand up we had stand up comedy with Lenny Bruce and and all those people that did that stuff, and then we had so long where it was who like, many people attribute to be the godfather of anything of anything offensive, <clears throat> and then you had Tim Allen and Roseanne Barr and Jerry Seinfeld who had their sitcoms and stuff. And what's you know, the deal uh, with airline peanuts? So all right, exactly. So all these people, and that was like our parents' stand up. Louis uh, Anderson, Louis Anderson was our parents' stand up. Sinbad. Had stand up. Those Great. were these were our parents, and that was that that was fine. That's what carried us over. And then Bill Hicks. Have you seen Louis Anderson's "This Is Not Happening"? <clears throat> no, uh, no, I haven't watched that. His one brother yet. gets arrested by the FBI. You have to watch it. I will. I won't say anything more about it, but F- it's fantastic. incredible. I'm, no, I'm I'm looking forward to it. So then, if, for me, in my opinion, Bill Hicks. Then we get into Stanhope, Attell. Um, great, great, great draw, new, though. Greg Giraldo, exactly. Was great. That was the new era. Patrice O'Neill. Yeah, unreal. There's nobody better at deconstructing people and talking shit at them. I remember fucking Bill Burr, who's widely regarded as one of the greatest comedians of all fucking time. Remember, he was on the uh, Chappelle show. Yeah, the fucking the Philly rant. Have you seen the Philly rant? That's why he got famous. When there was a yeah, that motherfucker said that Patrice scared the shit out of him because whenever they were going to, I think it was the, if I'm not mistaken, the Comedy Cellar, when they were all hanging out there, that you would be worried whenever you saw Patrice and you were just like, fuck, because you knew he was just going to roast the fuck out of you. And whenever he was not around for whatever reason, you were like, oh yeah, I'm fucking king of the castle. And as soon as he walked in, you're like, fuck, I'm about to get fucking destroyed. He was so... Above everybody else. He was the next fucking level above everybody else when it came to just tearing you down in the funniest way possible. Well, um, now, I'm the, I'm ripping this right off of Joe Rogan's podcast. Kevin Hart was on it and told a story about Patrice. When Kevin Hart was starting out, he said a joke, and then he goes, admittedly, it wasn't that great. Like, I'm way better than that now, but I was starting out. And he said, you hear pages flying through the air, and then just lands on the stage it's a phone book that patrice o'neill threw on stage and said read it it's better than what you're saying right now (laughs) (laughs) it was so it's a great story dude because fucking uh kevin hart used to be on tough crowd with colin quinn and he would get fucking owned by patrice o'neill probably everybody would kevin hart is probably the biggest richest Highest grossing comedian out there right now. I can't think of anybody who's bringing in more revenue and more popular across the board. As a stand-up? As a stand-up, actor, anything. Well, if you combine all of those things, yeah, most definitely. But, you know, I, I... that's the thing. When, when you talk about those. revenue as a stand-up, he's probably bringing in more revenue as a stand-up yeah. than anybody. I mean, yeah, they got. Yeah, they, he's you got, can he's argue got a, greatness all day. He's and got just a following. Skill. He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, he's I just can't. he's crushing it, and he got owned by Patrice O'Neill. Patrice did not let anything slide. Anything, right, right? But it wasn't Jim Norton, who's fucking great and brilliant. 
got fucking crushed by Patrice O'Neill yeah. regularly. But uh, you know, it's uh, but Patrice only had a certain level of of fame and stuff too before he died. Um, it just it takes a it takes a long climb. It takes a quite. How a do long you climb. think he would do in today's climate? Like now, the the climate's starting to shift, where it's I not think that Patrice... so much. You know, PC is starting to slowly come back into. I think you know Patrice, where it was like five years ago. I think Patrice would have found his niche like uh, Jeff Ross has. You know what I'm okay. saying? I think he would have found his platform, whether that would have been on Comedy Central or Netflix or whatever the situation may be. I think he would have found a place where he was going to be able to be Patrice O'Neill, in my opinion. Um, uh, Bill Burr's done it, and that's the thing too. I gotta give. Major credit in the early 2000s to Comedy Central because Comedy Central did what Netflix has been doing the last few years. Right. They brought a lot of people to the forefront. Dane that, Cook. And that's a big thing. Um, Dude, I, Dane, I'm not Kip, tell you, Dane Cook brought himself to the forefront. I'm not going to tell you that absolutely 100% when Dane, when Dane Cook hit in the early 2000s, I was 100% on board. That guy made Dude, me fucking I was die. I was, he, he, I loved it. In the I midst of his, his huge his popularity, hour. I was in like seventh, eighth grade. In the midst I, of his huge when he popularity. Was doing, when he was doing his half hour and stuff like that, I played that over and over again. I fucking The Comedy Central half hour where he's in the fucking black tank top? Yeah. Fucking doing the pouring water on himself, being the fucking alien? Yeah. <sighs> yes. It was awesome. It was fantastic. His first couple of things on Comedy Central killed. And then his, his, his fame sprung from there. Now... What he ended up doing with those, a lot of films and stuff like that, he rose so fast, yes, so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, he was bigger than Kevin Hart. Oh yeah, at at a certain point. Um, but before that point, he was on fucking MySpace message boards, his oh, own yeah, websites, yeah, yeah. Yep. fucking emailing people. He saw the future before it happened. He sure did. Sure and did. there's and been comedians since then that have admitted that like Dane Cook was way ahead of the curb, and the reason that he rose is because he was grinding that shit out because he saw it was happening. He was utilizing platforms that other people were not on. Yeah, bigger comedians weren't on those platforms. Yeah. they were relying on TV to to catapult them. That was Dane, still that was Dane still was seen using, as the thing where Dane was using. That's that's dying out. Where slowly, more people, but yeah. where more people were, Dane was there. And yeah. nobody else was. But he was also fucking really funny. Yes. You know what I mean? He was still really, it really It may good. have been basic bitch, you know, childish-like humor at certain points. Yeah, I still, still enjoy it. was still funny as shit. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it in my in my late teens, early 20s. It was really did you, good. Did you see him on your mom's house when he was talking about uh, recording um, the one at fucking Madison Square Garden? Yeah, yeah, sure did. He had no prep. Most of his set was improv, and he's in Madison Square Garden, and it is still a solid fucking routine. Yeah, it really is. Um, but I mean, it's because of that. That's insane. It's because of his. It's because of his schedule, and I think it's the same thing can be said about Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. When you do the other things that are taking up so much of your time, your stand up suffers, and Kevin Hart's stand up has suffered majorly, as you know. Mm, it's, I agree. It's suffered majorly. He's not. Have you seen the reports hitting. that, like, uh, you know, comedians in in uh, in cars getting coffee, co- coffee, and uh, fucking Jerry Seinfeld had Eddie fucking Murphy on, and they are now in talks about giving Eddie Murphy a sh ha 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 
shitload of money to come back and do a Netflix special. I'd like to see that. And everybody will pay to fucking see that bitch. Whatever platform it's released on, just because he's Eddie Murphy. That motherfucker released two specials in the fucking 80s. Hasn't done stand-up since. And is still widely regarded as two of the best specials ever fucking released. Yeah. This is the same guy that did Norbit, and people <laughs> still respect him because of his fucking comedy specials. Yeah. If you would fucking have to build your platform based off the movie Norbit, did you guys um, did you guys hear fucked. any of his stand up prior to Delirious and Raw? No. no, it's phenomenal. It's, it's I mean, I heard the albums that were leading up to it, but so much of the material was on that because it was, a lot of it, it was, was. a lot of it was. But so not technically, yes, I I guess I have, but so yeah. much of it was ready for. And that. then that's the thing too. Like he started, like he did, he did these. They he was starting to do films and stuff like Forty Eight Hours and Beverly Hills Cop and stuff like that. But then once he once he started I like how you mentioned Forty Eight Hours first. Nobody knows that film. I feel like you and I know that film. And maybe 17 other people in America. There was two of them. There was 48 hours and another 48 hours. 48 hours I, 48 hours was before Beverly Hills Cop, I believe. No. No, 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 no. You sure about that? I'm absolutely sure because he had the 90s. Hey, Jamie, can you bring that up? <laughs> Jamie? <laughs> Jamie? Jamie, Google. Dude, Beverly Hills Cop was in the 80s and um, 48 hours was without a doubt in the 90s. And I know that because of the hairstyle. Oh my God. The flat top uh, Beverly Hills Cop, all three of them still had the flat top Beverly Hills Cop. In 48 hours, he had the two-inch dreads. 48 hours was uh, 1982, Beverly Hills Cop, 1984. Get the fuck out of here. Wait, what the fuck 48 hours am I thinking? There's no way. 48 hours was him and Nick Nolte. What the fuck am I thinking of? I have... Definitely fucking lost it. Another 48 hours was 1990. 1990, that's what I'm thinking right, yeah, of. Yeah, that's the second one. That's another 48 hours with Nick Nolte. Was he in the first one? He was in the first one as Reggie Hammond. In 1982? In 1982, correct. I've never seen that motherfucker. Trading Places was before uh, Beverly Hills Cop as well. Oh, shit, yeah. That was a great fucking movie, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, that was a great fucking movie. Unreal. That movie is... That was so fucking good. His fucking... When the cops lift him up off of the fake (laughs) fucking board, like he's a homeless guy that's pretending like he has no fucking legs and he's scooting himself along the sidewalk on this fucking... If you've ever been to gym and they used to fucking scoot across with no fucking legs on those little scooter boards. Oh, yeah. Did you, um... And they just fucking grab him by the crook of the elbows and lift him up off the fucking board. Did you guys ever see the movie Harlem Nights with he and Richard Pryor? Uh, yeah, with the fucking, uh, the woman that beats the shit out of him out back of the fucking bar. Yeah. She's like, you motherfucker. And she just pops him in the face, and then, like, he is, like, so pissed because he's so surprised that this big black woman is beating the shit out of him. Oh, man. And another fucking movie... That um, I feel like they could have enhanced the comedy more, but it was still a great movie without them enhancing life. Him and Martin Lawrence, Bernie fucking Mac. Yeah, it was good. That, that was movie a really good was movie. a serious tone movie, and it had some of the funniest human beings. I like that the line about cornbread. Fucking live. You gonna eat your cornbread? Yeah. So my favorite line in that movie is the fucking uh, the girl that's 
the fucking uh, warden's daughter that's having an obvious black baby, and they're walking through and holding the baby up to each black inmate trying to see who impregnated the warden's white daughter. And fucking Bernie Mac, right before that starts, leans out and goes, says, I'm that boy's pappy. That shit makes me fucking die. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Do we have anything else that we need to comment on? Well, make a story about? But don't, don't we have to do a shit we hate segment? Oh, yeah. You want to. Okay, so uh, we had talked about this on the podcast that got deleted because I was too drunk. Yeah, we recorded one podcast. It was uh, I was way too drunk, and I babbled on like an insane person, and then deleted the podcast because I was too shit faced to do anything technical. So the thing that I had been infuriated about was bicycle riders that ride in the middle of the fucking street, like they own the fucking street, and like I can't kill them with my fucking car. I know this uh. has been said by a couple comedians, including Tom Segura. Bikes, but yeah, bikes, but. Fuck these people. Like, the audacity. Like, okay, you're riding in the street. You don't want to ride on a bumpy sidewalk. But you need to be sheepish. You need to be, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry, let me let me try to hop over to the sidewalk to get out of your way. The fact that you have the audacity to ride not only on the street, not only in the middle of the lane, in the middle of the fucking road, right on the center divider line, and make me drive around very carefully to not hit you. If I accidentally fuck up while I'm driving near you, I kill you. You have zero respect for a two-ton machine that can end your life. How are you so arrogant on a leg-operated, two-wheel piece of shit? Go fuck yourself. How dare you? Here here in Finley, um, a couple of the bikers were a little annoyed that on a... Four lane street. Four lane. Two, two way, like two going be each way. I'm gonna go ahead and assume that they had a fucking sidewalk as well. Uh, yes, that because it's it fucking was, Finley. That it's a major fucking city. They didn't feel comfortable riding their bike on that. So no, you know what Finley did? They are doing construction. I'm gonna they're assume that they the f- didn't execute all of the bicycle riders. Yeah, everyone like that complains. Like they're just like, hey, file your complaints and then and then execute them. Yes, absolutely. That's what they should have done. But no, they're taking this four lane busy road and, and putting a bike path in. Now it's going to be two lanes. So uh, I have a little bit of information on this topic. In that, in most cities, it, it and and towns and everything else, it is illegal. To ride your bike on the sidewalk. Yeah. It's, it's, what? Yeah, Straight it's up. here in Finley as well. Here in Finley, in most, yeah. I mean, like our home, our little hometown, our, our two mile square hometown, you could not ride your bike or skateboard on the sidewalk. It is for pedestrians. If It's for your walking. That's what a sidewalk is for, straight up. So it is absolutely illegal to ride your bike on the sidewalk. So that's one, of, one aspect of it. So maybe not on a four lane road? So realistically, what has to happen is there are there are rules riding your bike on the street. Mm-hmm. There are actual rules. You can go to the DMV and get a book on what you need to do. And the thing is, these bikers need to own when they're on the road. They need to be confident in what they're doing and use their hand signals and all this different shit. They need to do it straight up. Um, 
they don't need to be riding on divider lines and shit. That's against the rules. That's against the law. But, like, if you're riding a bike on the street, you're supposed to get in the left-hand turn lane if there's a left-hand turn lane. You're supposed to be there. Legit. So there are a lot of laws already in place that require somebody riding their bike a long distance in a in a, an established town or village or, or city that you're supposed to abide by. These are rules that, that you're supposed to follow. And it pisses off drivers. It really does. Mm-hmm. But I think what, what pisses me off about it is when I'm stopped at a stoplight and then, like, somebody rides their bike, like, in between cars and stuff like that. If you're, if you're not following the rules, if you're not doing that correctly, then it should be your fault. It's, it's unfortunate that Anybody it's un- that aggressively waves, like, you should know this shit, you should go around me. Fuck you for not knowing. Nobody knows the fucking bicycle rules. Just yeah, get the fuck out of the, my fucking way. Yeah, it's almost like unwritten rule. It's, 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 it's written, the, It's the lack of respect for something that can fucking kill you easily. Anything that uh, inconveniences me, even remotely... I'm not. I'm not a fan of. I don't like. I don't like bikes on the side of the road where I got to fucking drop down to eight miles an hour until oncoming traffic is stopped, so I can go around his fucking bitch ass. Yeah, a, but you don't also don't like Lance stairs or... because that requires you to put forth. You know, for normal people, for able-bodied okay. people, All it's right. fucking easy. But yeah, well, at least see your porn. Hey, not hey, a hey, thing. Hey. My porn is going to get me a lot hey, of money. Hey, hey. So. Our fucking, uh, I'm I'm serious about this. You should seriously start recording some fucking. Yeah, porn. we know. Okay, I will fucking produce it. We'll yeah. fucking. All right, what about you? Super intense genre. For me, it's another mild inconvenience. People who exit through the enter at like Walmart. Okay. So I'm walking yeah. in and I have to move out of my way because someone's fucking coming out of the enter, and it just it pisses me the fuck off. I do that shit all the time. I there's nobody know, in my way. I know, and I brought it up on the the lost episode. But there's never anybody in my way when I do it. It, it happens every time. I'm walking in, someone's with a fucking cart full of bullshit, and me and my fiance have to go around it just because th- they wanted to not fucking walk ten extra feet to go to the other side. It's of the th- same fucking deal. Nope. There's nope. enough room for everybody. Oh, listen to you. Order. There's enough room for the bikers on the fucking road, too. How about that? Go fuck yourself. Don't be that pebble that just creates a fucking current for no goddamn reason. Let everyone go in the proper door. You go out the proper door, and everything goes There perfectly. are goddamn rules in society. You were just complaining about things that have rules in society, and now I'm I'm weird for bringing up a rule. Anything that bothers you is super inconvenient, but anything that benefits you is shouldn't even be a rule. Yeah. I well, I think at the same time, I think that kind of goes for everybody. Um, there are certain things like you know, it's a rule. That's that's okay. It's a rule. It exists, but. If it makes makes way more sense, like if there's a building where it's like, well, this is an exit, but I can go in it, and it's get it gets me closer to what I'm trying to buy, I go in there because it's a lot. Easier. And there's nobody in my way. <clears throat> yeah. Always, always. I mean, someone's in my way. I'm gonna walk twelve feet to my fucking right mm-hmm. to walk in through there. Correct. When the thing literally automatically opens up, if they really didn't want people to walk in that side, it wouldn't automatically open up, detecting my motion from the outside. If yeah, it was so supposed not, to be not, only an exit, I'm not just gonna follow arbitrary rules because they, but because they're in place. 
That's the only thing. That fucking door opens for me, and there's nobody on the other side, and you want me to walk 12 feet further to then turn around and walk 12 feet back the other way to get back to the other side? Go fuck yourself. Hey, man, apply the same logic that you have to, like, bathroom doors. It says females, but it's fucking closer, so I'm just going to use this fucking bathroom. That's how stupid you fucking sound right now. That's not the same. Just go in the fucking enter or exit. Yes, it has a sign. If if I was... If, if I was walking through the fucking exit, if I was walking into the fucking Walmart through the fucking exit with my dick out, maybe you might have a fucking solid point. Nope. But my dick is secure, and everybody's v- vaginas and titties and taints are fucking secure. What do you think goes on it in the bathroom? It makes no fucking sense. It has no, nothing t- to do with wh- who might what? see anybody's Here, private Here's parts. my logic. Here's my logic, though. They put enter and they put exit just on the because doors your and anus nope, has at times been attached I, to your I, fucking gut because you shit through your fucking gut through a fucking bag because you view shit differently. Okay. Every normal person, mm-hmm. and yes, I'm saying you're abnormal and you're not as good as the rest of us we for having it. functional I love actual when you intestines and anuses. Yes, you may see things differently, but I'm better than you. You done because I you yeah go ahead and me. try okay. to refute my fucking so, argument. Go ahead, try. They go through the trouble of putting the sign. I am this Men, close to muting they, your fucking. They mic. go through the trouble of putting women on the bathroom doors, just like Walmart puts uh, the signs on there. They put enter. They put it above. They put it on the fucking doors. If you're so, not going to listen to the signs, then go into whatever bathroom you fucking want, Derek. When you're talking about when you're talking about our Walmart, but what if I was born city, with a I penis talking, and I identify on. as a woman? Hold on, hold on. Gender is fluid. Hold on. It, when it, when when you're talking about our WalMarts here mm-hmm. that have an enter and an exit every time, we're literally right next to each other, where it's mm-hmm. literally the same area that you're going to be in. Yep. Well, then it's just absolute ignorance if they're not going to use the proper one. That's that's ignorance. What I'm talking about Ma- is for Menards. Instance, Menards. Yeah, no, no. You know Menards never bothers me. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Is like I'm not going to go across the parking lot. Yeah, the entrance yeah. Menards is absolutely the dumbest here. shit. It is not. It's nonsense. Yeah, it's absolute nonsense. So it it does depend on the building. Yeah, it no, I on get the building. The, it's it now. Yeah, Menards the, is kind of weird. The difference up, is once you walk in through the entry or the exit to go into the building, you're all in the same area. Mm-hmm. You're not in. The woman's entrance or exit, or the man's entrance or exit. You're all in the same area, no matter which fucking door you walk Fair through. Fair enough. So you want me to walk 10 fucking, yep. uh, sorry, 12 sure. fucking feet further to get into the same fucking area? Okay. If there's nobody coming out so of it he, that I'm going to so block? So he doesn't understand the the bathroom. Let's, let's, do, let's do escalators, or let's do a sidewalk. I You walk on the right... Of the sidewalk you because don't. the other person walks on the right of the sidewalk and you guys have your own lanes just like a street, okay? You don't end up in the same area. You're not hearing what I'm saying. If somebody is coming out of the exit, I will yeah. go into the fucking entrance. Oh, I will stay you'll go out where the... you're supposed to go? I've Weird. said that. I've said that multiple times, but you don't fucking listen because you love the sound of your own fucking voice. I will get out of their fucking way. I won't be fucking rude. But if there's somebody fucking there, why the fuck would I walk an additional 12 feet? If the thing that I'm supposed to go into is closer, I'm going in there. If the thing that I'm not supposed to go into is closer, I'm going you know in what? there. If I'm there's just going to start calling people lane. out. I'm just going I'm, I'm to start asking people if they can read from now on. But. That's it. I mean, 
don't do that in spite of Yale. But, you should just do that in general. Yeah. Can, but the thing I'm you, sorry. When, I'm sorry. Was I was I coming in the exit? Oh, no, I wasn't. Weird. But Where wait, the fuck over there? What you're talking about with escalators, though, I fucking agree with. Because there is a rule of if you're on the right side, you're stationary. If you're on the left side, a.k.a. the fucking fast lane, you're walking up. So many people were like, oh, I don't want to stand on the right side. Let me walk up two feet further and then post up there and block the fucking left side. Mm -hmm. If you travel a shitload, that shit infuriates you. Get to the fucking right side. Everybody knows the fucking rules. You're not a fucking casual traveler. Like, get the fuck out of the way. So there are rules. There are, yeah, right. So what, yeah, you're kind of concreting that point of... There are rules to flow of traffic, whether it's human traffic, human trafficking. Let me... <laughs> I, I feel like I hear what you're saying, and you're about to, to make an traffic. argument about going in the exit the or proper, out of the exit. Yeah. What I'm saying is is simply that... If I'm the only person on the escalator, it doesn't matter. If somebody is coming out of the exit, then yes, I will get out of their way. I've already said that. But if you're exiting, say you hit the... Say you're going out of the enter, okay? So you get through the... Because there's always two doors, right? Right. So you get through the first doors. Oh, no one's coming. But by the time you get to the second doors, someone is now coming in the enter. You're an asshole. I always said, go to the first fucking door. Who says, just to be a prick, I'm going to walk past the entrance and go in the exit. You go in the exit... Only if it's closer and there's nobody in your way. Inaccurate. Your argument doesn't make any fucking sense. Yes, it does. Listen, you go in the exit. Someone is using the doors properly. Maybe if you had so a college degree, you would be capable of understanding what I have I'm put in more college than you have. That's A. Where's your degree? What's your bachelor's in? Cool, you got a fucking paper. That's, Either way, we're that's still awesome. in That's awesome. Good argument, Van Wilder. Anyway. <laughs> By the time you get to the second door, someone could be using the door properly, in which case makes you an asshole. So why not just use the doors properly in general? What maze are you walking through where Straight. you can't take a step to the right and be out of the I way? Shouldn't ha- I shouldn't have to take a step to the right because the person coming in behind so what this me all boil- is coming in behind me. What this all boils down to is that you're incapable of lateral movement because of your condition. No. Nope, has nothing to do with my condition. I shouldn't have to. Don't inconvenience me just even a little bit. Again, everything that I'm saying is predicated... Why do I I have to stop? Everything that I'm saying is predicated upon nobody's in that fucking lane and you won't get in their way. As 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 long as nobody's in their way. But if you can't see them and you've gone into the first door... And you didn't see the person coming out of the first door. And How could you not see them? The, up. the fucking doors are see-through. Both sets of doors are see-through. Yeah, but there's like concrete and, bro- and block and stuff like that before you go into the, the door. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I mean like... He's never been to a Walmart. Walmart. Right, yeah. It's you weird. Feel like I've been to several like Walmarts. I'm a white trash piece of shit. I buy just, my clothes at Walmart. How dare you insinuate you, I've never been to a fucking Walmart. See, if you think you can see all the way through at every angle... I can see when I'm about to walk through a door, I can see through my doors and the next set of doors if anybody's going to be in the fucking way. I don't make... I can say this. I don't pay that much attention to what the doors and shit are labeled. If there are people walking in a particular entrance, I usually just do that. I'm not reading. 
And if I see people walking out the other way, I assume it's an exit, so I don't go that way. I don't put that much fucking... I don't put that much attention on what what this or that are labeled. And another thing, if I go, especially if I'm traveling, if I go to a gas station and I try the men's bathroom door and it's locked. Yeah, you go to the fucking I women's. Ch- I try the women's door. Yeah. And if it's open, I'm peeing in there. Yeah. I'm you knock I'm, and announce yourself loudly like, hey, sorry, men's is locked. Hey, coming in. Anybody in here? Dude coming in. Here we go. All right, nobody. And then you fucking lock the door. I go in and I you. lock the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy enough. So you got to go with the flow. You got to go with the, where the tra- how the traffic is going, regardless. And don't act like you have never been. You've never found yourself in front of somebody trying to leave, and they're like, and you got to fucking like dance your way out of the fucking out of the way. No, excuse me, excuse me too. Excuse me. Oh no, you're the asshole. You should excuse me. I shouldn't have to say excuse me. It's I'm going happened. in the proper door. The fucking, it has happened. I, will, I guarantee it. It's happened to me. Just not paying attention to going to to the entrance that I'm going into. I'm in the fucking exit. I'm an asshole. Sixth Street Kroger, awesome. <laughs> the do, door doesn't open. You're not going in the right one. Don't open. Yeah, okay. it's awesome. Yeah. I, I will tell you that uh, one time. Um, now I'm better, but I in my early 20s I used to not be able to handle liquor at all. Like shots, I could not handle. Like sure. if I had, if it was my first drink of the day and I took a shot, I would throw it up if it wasn't the right shot. So I showed up, I had not had any alcohol whatsoever. I walk in, this is the first time I've been at the bar. My friend hands me a shot. I take the shot. I realize I have to throw up immediately. And then I walk into the bathroom, throw up and come back out. And they're talking about throwing me out of the bar. And I'm confused. Because I'm just like, I just went into the bathroom. How did I know that I threw up? I walked into the fucking woman's bathroom. I had to throw up so quickly and so immediately that Mm -hmm. I turned, saw bathroom, walked in, threw up, cleaned myself up. And they were like, this guy's shit face. He can't even tell the fucking difference between bathrooms. And they had to explain to him, like, no, he reacts poorly to alcohol. Like, he's a fucking white boy. He's not like the fucking rest of us Mexicans where we can actually fucking drink. And the shit was insulting, and I'm like, "Hey, hey, tequila." I come, I come from white Probably. trash. We can, we can drink. Was your shot tequila? Yes. If you were hanging, yes, out it with... was Patron, and Patron yeah. is the worst for fucking me. That's it's what rough. I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah. that'll, that'll okay. Get you. Great. Wrap it up. You should always wrap it up. Wrap it up. I wish you could wrap it up. Never pull out. Never surrender. Exactly. I want to thank everybody for tuning into this fucking episode. Um, thank you, Kevin, for coming in. Thank you, Derek, for, I guess, being here sometimes and not contributing anything as usual. Uh, This has been The Den of Debauchery, and you all have a good night. Go fuck yourselves. Like, share, and subscribe to the channel. Please, seriously, it fucking helps. It really does. Uh, How does it help? uh,